Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. You can catch me on email, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Email questions, thoughts, opinions, even accept that adoration and praise here this morning. It is a Pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us. And, you know, I want to extend, um, I guess I want to continue our conversation from, uh, from yesterday, in a sense, about COVID, what's going on with COVID. Um, and really the next steps here, and we've talked about people coming, uh, what the door to door vaccine core, you get vaccinated or not, or they'll come to your house. They will, um, I guess, ask you if you've been vaccinated, you know, that we're already heading in this direction. This is what Biden have, has told us. What's what Jen Psaki has told us. And so now on top of that, We've got Javier Becerra, who is the HHS secretary, HHS secretary, telling us that the government has an absolute right to know whether or not you are vaccinated or not. An absolute right to know if you are vaccinated. And so I want to talk about that uh, this morning. And sorry here. Having trouble getting some audio sound bites. Here we go. I think we're all good to go now. But I want to make sure that we uh, understand what Javier Becerra is saying. So let's, I guess before we play this, yeah, before we play this, let's let's talk about the role of government. Because I think in order um, for us to say whether or not he's right, Right or wrong, we have to understand the government and the Constitution and how this country, how this country was founded. And I think a lot of folks truly have no idea. They have no idea what it means to have individual rights. They have no idea, um, you know, where to draw these lines. Why it's important to draw lines. They have no perspective. We just we're, we celebrated. I'm putting this in air quotes. Celebrated recently. The 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party, and I had a one of our listeners had shared on our community, our interactive community, community.tothuffshow.com. You can go there, create a free account, and share comments. Uh, you know, comment on stuff that we post. Post your own things. And, and Tyler posted something yesterday on the history of the. Chinese Communist Party, and it's it's terrifying to think about the similarities of the cultural 
revolution that hit China with the you know with the, the Chinese Communist Party coming into power and Mao and all this stuff and the the amount of death it, the amount the amount of death I, I'm not even talking about just oppression which is bad enough that's a terrible thing to watch people be oppressed by other government to see to see governments around the world not recognize that rights come from almighty god and not from them to see governments treat people as subjects or worse instead of as individual freedom loving citizens today in today's world see governments treat people like uh, carriers of germs and viruses and not people created in the image of almighty god and so that's where we where we are and the similarities and how quickly how quickly these things can happen um, the focus on changing culture that's really what this is about and at at its core at its base it's why we we my family and i are, are doing what we're calling the truth tour um because we need to spread truth again truth has to be proclaimed and heard we have to understand the dangers of these ideas that are being forced on students sometimes in public schools through things like critical race theory through i mean take your pick there is so much uh, so much in uh, in our world today that is dangerous and the amount of rabid hatred for ideas that are good and true and foundationally pure things that we have learned throughout history things that we as a nation are watching people abandon almost overnight seemingly of course that's not in reality what the the that's not what's happening in reality in reality there's been a slow erosion of these things over over time a slow erosion of these rights and liberties and principles over time to where there's an entire generation now that possibly doesn't have the slightest idea what America was truly founded upon. Their ideas of what America is are the antithesis of what the founders created this nation to be. They don't have an understanding of the Constitution, of liberty, of freedom, of the Declaration of Independence. And it's not just the generation. There's certainly some in the younger generation that understand these things but they've had to explore those things themselves find probably programs like this or other resources locally in their communities people who love their country that have proclaimed this stuff and so you look at what's happening culturally that's what that's where this battle is the battle is culturally of course the battle is, is political as well but it starts in the culture it starts in the mind it starts when people begin to answer questions or try to answer questions as to who you know what what is the role of government what is fair and just and right what is the definition of justice right we have a whole type of de definitions i guess of justice that didn't exist when i was younger there's climate justice and all, I mean, all this different type of justice that doesn't just mean that we need to be um, just in you know in dealing with it today we've got to go back and, and remedy 
other wrongs in the past, even if we're unjust in a true sense, even if we're unjust to people today to make up for the injustices in the past, just to make the pendulum swing back. However, the world you're supposed to do that. I, you'll never convince me that in order to create a system or create a circumstance that uh, is, is just, you have to treat people today unjust to bring this, the, the pendulum back. I don't see how injustice today has anything to do with creating, um, you know, really making things right. Sometimes you just have to stop and just be fair. At the moment, you can't go back and fix things by being unjust to someone today to remedy for some injustice in the past. You just have to be just. And when you start putting uh, labels in front of justice, you begin to muddy the waters. You begin to paint the picture that says we have to go back and do extra here, um, You know, for example, racial Justice, which of course I'm for favor between races, but what what that term today really has come to mean is that we have to do things like reparations. We have to do things like white people shut up. We have to have uh, spaces where white people are not allowed, or whatever group. But it's, right now, it's it's white uh, people who are being told to sit down, shut up, and they don't have anything to contribute. They are the oppressors. You don't even understand how. Uh, you don't know the level of your bias and hatred and racism. We're here to tell you that. So instead of, I guess that's the point, instead of saying let's be just and uh, to one another right now, which is all we can control, by the way, let's punish you for something that someone like you, in the sense that they look like you or have the same skin color as you or they have the same whatever as you, let's go back and be unjust to you now so that it creates justice. That's not how that works. That just isn't how that how that works. And so we have all this stuff influencing our culture. And this is where the political battle begins. And these are the culture is where people actually the individual heart is where people begin to to answer questions like whose job is it to take care of the poor? And by the way, I have a conversation with Jay Height, CEO executive director, I guess, of the Shepherd Community Center, which is something that they do incredibly well. I think more more organizations like Shepherd Community need to to exist around this country. The idea is that they embrace the biblical concepts that they teach and follow and implement needs to be done. And the point is, is that this cultural... Uh, the, the way that we look at how society should function and run, which, again, starts with worldview and ideology. It begins to shape our culture. Our culture shapes our politics. And when our culture's messed up, which it is, when people have abandoned truth, which they have, or they don't know the truth, they've never been taught the truth, they've been taught lies, they've never sought the truth, they've forgotten the truth, they don't like the truth, so they want to create some other system of of reality but we know the truth we don't have everything figured out folks there's a lot of things in life we don't know but there are some fundamentally true things that we know about how life should exist this side of heaven 
about the importance of freedom and liberty, about the role of government, about how the government that governs least governs best, that an oppressive government that steals and that confiscates wealth from its citizens or that talks about doing things like reparations or whatever else they're trying to do and and meddle in next, a, a, a government that forces people to get vaccinated, a government that says it has an absolute right to know whether you're vaccinated. I'm not going to deny that the government has an interest in public health. But there's a difference between having an interest in knowing if I'm, um, you know, if I'm sick and, and, and spreading a virus versus whether or not um, I can be, I've been vaccinated and knowing. I mean, it wasn't long ago when we would, we would talk about on the show even sometimes some of the craziness of, of HIPAA law to where you couldn't even ask a person at the front desk of a hospital emergency room whether or not a loved one was in the hospital. They couldn't tell you any information. Now, now we have this, again, Javier Becerra, director of HHS, telling people that he has an absolute right to know, absolute right to know whether or not you are vaccinated. And if not, they're going to send people, the door-to-door vaccine corps, or as Obama would say, the door-to-door vaccine corpse, knocking on your door, asking if you've been vaccinated, at some point probably requiring you to have proof of vaccination. I saw CNN had a guest on that says that companies should start mandating the, uh, the vaccine or people can't have, can't have their jobs any longer. On and on this goes. Where are we going to stop it? Where are we going to stop this? That's the question. Because it's not always, it's not always a slow, gradual erosion of these things. Sometimes it's a surge of, of, of anger and emotion, as it was with the Chinese Communist Party 100 years ago. A surge of emotion, a surge of a series of events that ultimately led to people wanting to completely change the way that society functions, to have a revolution of culture and to replace it with something that is completely morally bankrupt in the case of communism, which sounds so good to people, but because they've been led to believe some of these liberal or communist or utopian lies, they've traded the truth which we know from the American experiment, which we've seen in history, which we understand through human nature, and on and on this goes. They've traded traded the truth for a lie. And once these people are in power, we see what happens. I mean, in the case of communist, uh, communist China, millions of deaths. In the case of communist Soviet Russia, the Soviet Union, millions of death. This, death. this is not complicated to understand. This is what happens. This is the nature of these things. And we have people openly embracing and welcoming truly communistic ideas. I know it sounds insane to say, but that's really what happened is what's happening. We have something akin to the cultural revolution. In, in, say, China and some of these other places that have made these tra- these dramatic transformations. And that's what we're watching percolate, not even beneath the surface now, sometimes right before our, ver- our very eyes, sometimes amongst members of Congress, 
people like the squad and so forth. This is the types of ideas and the, thing, the things that they say. I mean, it's, it's remarkable the way they talk about Israel, the way that the way that that is embraced and cheered in certain ultra-liberal circles amongst the radical leftists. It's crazy, but nonetheless, that's what's happening before our very eyes. So I got to get time out. A couple things I want to get to. I want to make sure that we play that soundbite from Javier uh, Becerra, director of HHS, and I want to share our conversation with Jay Hyden, talk about these things a little bit more today. But that's what I see happening. That's what you see happening around this uh, around this country and it's it's very serious at this point incredibly serious because they're a part of the political party that's in power now not all of them embrace these radical ideas or at least are prepared to openly embrace them because there are political uh, ramifications for them repercussions that will cause them to not be elected next time in some places in some places that's what gets you elected in some of these radical cities around the country Portland, San Francisco, and so forth, Seattle. Anyway, long in this segment, got to take a break. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. This program is brought to you in part by our friends... At Corin Homes, manufactured homes since 1955, have a variety of communities, Briar Creek, Briarwood, Quail Creek, Greenbrier, Parkwood, Post Acres, Lake of the Pines. Check them out at coronhomes.com, C-O-H-R-O-N, coronhomes.com. Be sure to tell them that Todd sent you. So... I want to quickly play this. I want to quickly play this because um, I want to I want to get to the the conversation with Jay Hyde, which in a way addresses, like as we said last segment, it, we're, we're at this crisis. We're at this moment where people are really reevaluating what the role of government is on all levels of our of our lives because people haven't been taught or don't understand or have abandoned or hate the founding principles of this nation. They've been intoxicated or hypnotized by the allure of the utopia that is completely unachievable this side of this side of heaven. In fact, even the the idea of what we have or what well the academics have of what a utopian society is, it um when you start giving up freedom to achieve, you know, to try to achieve this mythical mirage, you actually make things worse because you give up that very thing that makes a more perfect union. The liberty that we have, the freedom that we have, the choice that we have is a fundamental critical component of, of again, not utopian society, but a more perfect union, the way that it was created to be, you having choices on how to live your life. Whether or not you get a vaccine, for example, here's this this conversation with Javier Becerra, Secretary of the HHS. He's on with uh, CNN. I just want you to listen to this change, this exchange. This part's um, it's about forty five seconds, but I want you to listen to him tell CNN that the government absolutely has a right. But then I want you to listen 
he doesn't make sense because he also says that you don't have to tell them certain information, but the government has a right to know. How does that even – I don't know how you make that make sense. But then again, nothing else these radicals say makes sense either. Here it is. This is Javier Becerra explaining why he has a right, absolutely has a right to know about your vaccination status. I wonder if you can answer that criticism. It's none of the government's business knowing who has or hasn't been vaccinated. What do you say? Brianna, uh, perhaps uh, we should point out that the federal government has had it spend trillions of dollars to try to keep Americans alive during this pandemic. So it is absolutely the government's business. It is taxpayers' business if we have to continue to spend money to try to keep people from contracting COVID and helping reopen the economy. And so it is our business to try to make sure Americans can prosper, Americans can freely associate. And knocking on a door has never been against the law. You don't have to answer, but we hope you do. Because if you haven't been vaccinated, we can help help dispel some of those rumors that you've heard and hopefully get you vaccinated. Oh, please do. Please take care of us, Mr. Becerra. Doesn't even make sense. They absolutely have a right to know, but you don't have to tell them. How does that even what does that even mean? It's not against the law to knock on the door. Okay. You're getting close, though, Javier Becerra. You're getting very close on crossing a line here. I mean, you keep pushing the envelope here. You keep moving the goalpost here. You keep infringing upon liberties here. You keep tightening the noose around the American people here. You absolutely have a right to know, he says. They, the government does, but yet you don't have to tell them. That makes no sense. That makes literally no sense. Well, how do you have a right to know if I don't have to tell you? What does that even mean? And what's this stuff about just because the government spends money? You see how this works? Government spends money here, so they, they absolutely have a right to know. Well, what does the government not spend money on, folks? If you, if you use that logic, it's just remarkable how this works out for the socialists. They will tell you, well, you know, the government, you know, the government needs to do X, Y, and Z because people are in need. Okay, so then there's some federal program. Now they say, well, since government's spending money, we got to know all sorts of things about it. See how convenient this is for them? This is dangerous is what this is. These folks are dangerous. He is a radical. This guy is off the charts radical. I wish I had time today to go into how radical and extreme this guy is. But this guy, in fact, I might post stuff to our community and website here here later, but this is radical stuff, insanely radical. Javier Becerra, timeout's necessary. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Have to do a <clears throat> keep us on the time clock here, really. Um, just just a short segment here, but this Javier Becerra is, as as I said before last segment, dangerous, dangerous radical. In fact, there was some opposition to him when he was being nominated for this position. In fact, I'm re- looking now at John Barrasso, senator from Wyoming's uh, speech on the Senate floor opposing Javier Becerra. I'm just going to read part of this. Javier Becerra, Director of Health and Human Services, now or the Secretary, I should say, of Health and Human Services. Senator Barrasso said that Attorney General Becerra is unqualified. As a doctor, I am deeply concerned that President Biden nominated someone with no medical or public health experience. He is not a doctor. He is not a scientist. He is not a public health official. He is a trial lawyer 
and a career politician. A global pandemic is no time for on-the-job health care training. The secretary must be ready day one. On day one, the Attorney General Becerra is not only unqualified, he is also radically liberal on his positions. Attorney General Becerra is the most left-wing nominee for this job in history. He's an aggressive culture warrior for the radical left. He supports Medicare for All, which would ban private health insurance. 180 million people who get their health insurance through their jobs would lose it. If his positions go forward and he has his way, American workers would lose the opportunity and the benefit of their jobs. He's made a name for himself in the Democrat Party for his extreme positions on abortion. During his 24 years in Congress, Attorney General Becerra voted against every restriction on abortion during his confirmation hearings. Senator Daines even asked him to name a single restriction he would support. He couldn't name a single one. This extreme record has earned him a 100% rating for Planned Parenthood. As a congressman, Mr. Becerra even voted against the ban on partial birth abortion. This is the director of HHS. This is a pro-science, ever-so-sensitive and loving radical leftist here, folks. The Supreme Court rightly upheld banning partial birth abortions in the United States. I mean, I could go on. This is a long statement, but this guy's a radical, insane, just, I don't even know if leftist is the right word. He's a lover of big government, and he's a hater of your liberties. Back here in just a minute. I'm joined by Jay Height, Executive Director, Shepherd Community Center, one of our good friends and, and partners here at the Todd Huff Show. Jay, it's a pleasure to have you. How are you today, sir? Doing great. It's always good to be with you, Todd. Well, likewise, I appreciate you coming on, and we appreciate what you are doing at Shepherd. So we've been talking about the assets, the 10 assets of breaking the cycle of poverty. We've gone through several of those. I want to ask you to repeat those right now. Um, folks can listen to previous um, interviews, podcasts, if they want to hear that. But today, what are we going to be talking about? What is the asset we're going to be speaking about today? We're going to talk about the models of leaders that are in our lives, those stable adults who we can uh, relate to, who also invest in our lives. And that's important. And I offline, as you were saying some things and we were just chatting briefly, it reminds me of uh, some of my experiences when I was at a boys and girls club and, and I shared with you stuff that you obviously know much better than me, but just the yearning sometimes and the uh, the importance of being able to have someone. I mean, I, I think a lot of times people and in my experience, young people were looking for someone to give them some direction, some encouragement, some some love, some feedback. I guess talk a little bit about the need and how uh, how you folks at Shepherd um, and your volunteers help help meet that need. Well, I think let's start with this premise that every child will be mentored. The question by who? And so, uh, I think our challenge as uh, as adults is how can I invest in the lives of those around me? Um, there's plenty of bad influences that would love to be that influence, and many times are. And, uh, you know, we hear increasingly of violence that includes 14 and 15 and 16-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And, 
and we know that in some tragic cases, it's they're innocent. In other cases, they've been brought into uh, a life of poor choices because the people who are investing in them are not investing in them for the best of them, uh, but but for other motives. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is you need six adults in your life. The Search Institute says if you have six meaningful adults who are investing in you, not all at the same time, but over the course of your life. And, and Todd, I look back at baseball coaches I had, at mm-hmm. um, drama teachers uh, and leaders, band teachers, uh, teachers, you know, school teachers I had. I also think of the youth leaders in my church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think of uh, Bob, who was a mailman, and Dick, who sold church furniture, and and then even as I was going through college, and and I went to a state school, and you know everything I believed was challenged, uh, and and so I uh, I remember on Thursdays my pastor would meet with this freshman in college, and he would help me understand the truth and the things that were being challenged for me. Uh, and, and he made a huge impact in me, but he took time. It took an hour a week. And I think sometimes we get so busy in our lives that we just, we run from program to program. And the fact is programs do very little to change lives. Relationships are what is needed. And we need to have relationships uh, with the young people around us. Amen. And that's, you're right, as I think back as you were talking to some of the people that impacted me. Of course, um, I was blessed to have been raised by um, good good parents, but there's certainly people outside of that, uh, that particular relationship that uh, spoke into my life or gave me direction. They were good examples as well. I had a, a high school football coach that was instrumental on me and uh, you know, when I became a, a Christian, I reminded of the uh, one of my first Sunday school teachers and um, the impact that she had on me. And I can there's a list of people that pop up in my head. And I guess for those of us who maybe I don't know how to say it, but we, I, I look back at the other assets to breaking the cycle of poverty. For for those of us who maybe aren't deficient in most of those, maybe we don't even realize that it, the extent, unless we pause and think back and reflect, that models have on us today. I guess, what are some of the, the things that you've seen uh, models, as you uh, frame it or phrase it here, have on the people that you serve in your community? Well, I think, you know, volunteers who engage and come and read to a kid, that's, that's powerful. Uh, my wife and I have invested in one young boy's life for now almost eight years, and there's ups and downs, but it's not our job. It's That's just someone that we've grown to love and care for. He's 16 now, and we, we have lots of conversations. Um, you know, as I think in Luke 10 of the story of the Good Samaritan, there were three people who came upon that victim. Mm-hmm. Two kept going, mm-hmm. and one stopped. 
And I wonder if the two that kept going, they were afraid because they, they could put themselves at risk. They were uncomfortable. They didn't feel like they were prepared to help, or maybe they thought they were too busy. They needed mm-hmm. to get to, they had to get to church to do ministry that they're so busy doing ministry. They can't minister. And, and I think it's a challenge to us in our lives that we have to be like that one. He, he, he did all he could. He didn't know. And he wasn't a trained physician. The Good Samaritan was just someone who, uh, in that story, what Christ is explaining to us, not who is our neighbor, but what it is to be neighborly. Uh, he was, they were trying to get him to define it, and he defined what it was to be a neighbor, not who is our neighbor, because mm-hmm. everyone's our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so the things that inhibited that Levite and priest can inhibit us from being willing to just invest in someone's life, whether it's simply as reading with them, whether it's uh, coaching a sports team. Uh, you know, the, the reality is uh, this, this is as much an issue uh, in your neighborhood as it is mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, youth everywhere have to be invested in and so we're trying to with our staff volunteers finding ways uh, throughout the week to just engage in those students lives and that's what it takes by the way speaking with jay hyde executive director of shepherd community center talking about the importance of model importance of models uh, for uh, breaking the the the, the cycle of, of poverty you know one of the things jay we have conservative not bitter university here and we have some online courses and one of the things that you said actually goes into one of the things that that we teach which is you have to earn the right to to really speak into someone's life i think a lot of times in in a busy culture someone someone might say well you just stand up and you just you know proclaim a bunch of truths and just kind of you know dictate from a a pulpit or a lectern or the podium or whatever, just kind of tell people how to live, and that's that's good enough. But that's that's really not what this is about. You have to be able to connect with someone and understand the struggles and empathize, and that's just not possible outside of outside of relationship. And I think that's what you're uh, what you're getting at here, and just the importance of that. And, and it's not always, you know, it, it takes time, it takes a commitment, it takes um, maybe some some difficult periods where maybe there's you know struggle or who knows just uh maybe there's just the relationship uh, relationship takes a time to to develop and you hit difficult patches or what have you but but you're exactly right it's what the scriptures teaches it what's it's what human nature i mean it's what we just learned from the nature of communication and how we get along and learn as people so I think this is very important. So how can folks model? If, if they want to partner with you and say, hey, I, I want to become a model with Shepherd and try to you know, speak into or give hope to or help these, these uh, folks in, in the community um, break this cycle of poverty, how can folks do that? Well, they can call our office, ask to talk to Donna, or email Donna A at shepherdcommunity.org, um, and she can help connect you. But it, it's as simple as, coming to read to a child. Uh, maybe it's helping in a classroom or helping in after school. Uh, there are, 
we have someone who really likes uh, to do computer work and they got a bunch of raspberry pies and I was excited. I thought I was going to get to eat something really good and found out that raspberry pies have something to do with programming and they're teaching kids how to program hmm. uh, these these devices to, to move robots. And so the kids are excited. And so it's maybe in your passion, finding a way. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 11, 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And that's that's what we, we're not, none of us are perfect. Amen. Um, but but I'm going to tell you what that remember is time. You're exactly right. And Jay, I, I I'm thankful for what you do. I think you guys do fantastic work, and it's um, it's a it's a joy. I, I love telling people. I do. I talked to I, you came up this week in conversations I had with with multiple folks, and um, I just I think that what you are doing serves no pun intended here as a model for what we need to be doing even if folks are listening outside of a you know an area that that isn't here right if it's a different place in the country what you're doing is is exactly right i guess i do have a question too when when you talk about reading what if, what if someone is you know they say you know what i love what shepherd's doing i can't, i'm not close can is, are there things that they can do remotely i mean can you read to someone over zoom or is that just not possible i guess talk a little bit about that no we we do that all the time and so uh we're we can be creative and i would also say this if someone says you know i live somewhere else find groups in your neighborhood or in your community in your cities to invest in we need to be investing in our youth because there's a lot of bad influences that are more than willing to fill the gap. You're exactly right on and, that. And so uh, I encourage you, there's a lot of great groups and ministries out there. And and if you want to do it online, we can make that happen as well. Well, very good, Jay. Thank you so much. And um, again, we spoke about the asset of models today and the importance of that. Again, this is Jay High, Executive Director Shepherd Community Center. Jay, always a pleasure to have you, sir. Thanks a lot. Yep. Thanks, Todd. All right, my friends, welcome back. So, again, that was Jay Hyde. And again, I, I think... That's I love what Shepard does. I think I think there's multiple fronts that we're fighting uh, this this uh, this cultural battle on, and so worldview and the role of government is is all over the place. And that's really why I like having Jay on here because the left will tell you unless you just throw money at the federal government to try to solve a problem, poverty homelessness, whatever, then you don't care. And I say, beep, beep, back that up because, sorry, I just had a flashback to vax that thing up yesterday. But I'm saying, look, there are other solutions just because, just because someone doesn't want to throw endless amounts of money as something like the war on poverty, for example, that doesn't mean that they don't care about people, Right. And there are ramifications for all of us if we embrace a type of government, a system of government that thinks it's its job 
to forcefully take from one group of people to reallocate those funds after skimming off the top, mind you. You know, if you ever look into the amount of uh, federal dollars, I forget which program it was. It might have been welfare. I remember looking at this when I was in, in college. The percentage of every dollar that's allocated for a federal program that actually gets to um, you know the actual services that end up, whatever you think about the program, the amount of dollars that end up or the percentage of dollars that ends up with the uh, the person who's taking you know utilizing the, the system. I'm trying to be fair. I'm not I'm just trying to talk about it without triggering you know emotions on welfare, whatever else people might have. I'm just simply saying whatever the percentage of the dollars are that gets to the recipient is very low. In fact, if a nonprofit organization had the same percentage of dollars that ended up with, I think what they call direct services, I think that's the term. Um, going back to my days with the boys and girls club, but you have to, you have to go through and you have to account for all that stuff. But if a nonprofit did that, as poorly as our federal government does it, they would literally lose their nonprofit status. I mean, it's remarkable, just the, the, the double standard, the hypocrisy, the arrogance, the we're going to come in and fix it, so we're going to take from you and do this. There's just so many better solutions. And, and that mindset, that mindset, the same mindset that says, yeah, the government should be able to take whatever it wants to give it to someone else or to enact some utopian Ideal, which if you go back to these communist revolutions, it's the same sort of thing that they're talking about. Look what happens. But when you go back and you look at this, these programs are not helpful. They are not, they don't work as we're told. And then we're told we got to give more money to make it work better. And that mindset permeates into all aspects of our lives and giving the government more control. I've got to go. SDG. See you Monday. Take care.